0: today's global gaming marketplace, your players want to pay how they want, when they want and where they want. Accepting localized forms of payments and keeping up with what's trending is key to growing your gaming business and to finding new untapped markets. That's where Exola Payments comes in. With just one simple integration, you'll be connected to over 700 localized preferred payment methods on a global scale including bank cards, digital wallets, mobile payments, cash kiosks, gift cards, special offers, and more. Plus, with Exola acting as your merchant of record, they assume the risk of cost of complex VATs, sales taxes, laws, and regulations. Leave every transaction to the experts while you focus on retaining and expanding your audience. You can get started today. Just head over to exola.pro/paystation or look for the link in the description of this episode. Exola Payments, it's what your gaming business needs to succeed. Excited about NFTs in the metaverse? Ready to be part of the future of gaming? Recur is looking for talented producers, product managers, game designers, economy designers, and engineers. Recur is building branded NFT collectibles and games with top IP, including college sports, Paramount, Star Trek, Nickelodeon, Sanrio, and more using its best in the industry technology platform. Recur's platform streamlines the NFT collecting experience. No crypto or third party wallets required. Simply buy an NFT with your credit card or Apple Pay. And Recur's robust gamification system creates infinite collecting and gameplay possibilities from which to make compelling play and earn experiences. Recur is backed by some of the biggest names in crypto and NFTs, including billionaire Stephen Cohn, Gary Vee, and Gemini, among others. Join us now and get ready to ride a rocket ship. Let's fucking go. Switching mediation providers might seem like a pain in the ass, but it doesn't have to be. If you're thinking of making the transition from Mopub to IronSource, we've got you covered. First, we've created a dedicated tool that removes the manual work when migrating to iron source mediation. Second, we'll be holding workshops with iron source experts where you can have all your migration needs taken care of. And if you want to do it yourself, we also have technical documentation for migrating to IonSource mediation in our Knowledge Center. To learn more about these initiatives and begin monetizing with IronSource today, head to
1: www.is.com forward slash migrate. That's www.is.com forward slash migrate.
0: Welcome, 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 everybody to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Michigan Katkoff, and today my guest is Massimo Caporale, Chief Publishing Officer of Bandai Namco Mobile. Massimo, welcome to the podcast, and could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? What do you do? Where do you come from? I mean, people know from your name, you come from Italy, but what but about your gaming career and, um, and everything about yourself? So Massimo, the floor is yours.
1: Hi, Misha. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, sure. As you say, you can tell by the name I'm Italian. Uh, I was <laughs> born and raised in, uh, in, in Rome, uh, but actually my gaming career started in uh, Scotland. That's actually where I did my, my university. I started in uh, you know, software engineering and, and AI because I really wanted to get into the, the gaming industry and I figured back then AI could be quite useful for that. Uh, but then I realized that I didn't really want to be a developer. So, but I still got into the game, uh, the games industry straight off uni. I started in QA. and started in mobile, actually. You know, back in the Java Java times. Uh, my first game was uh, uh, FIFA 2005, uh, 18, eighteen years ago. I can hardly call it a game nowadays, right? But that was the that was the mobile gaming back then. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where it started. And, uh, and, uh, then I moved into production, uh, working on, on console as well for, uh, for launch title on PS3. Then I moved a bit more on, uh, on the, uh, publishing and dev side of things. Um, mostly mobile, yeah, apart, aside from like one year stint on, on, on console, the rest of my 18 years experience has been focused solely on, on mobile. Um, I worked with various companies around Europe, based in, in Italy, UK, Sweden, Germany. I worked for carriers, uh, publishers, uh, you know, the whole, the whole spectrum of, of, of mobile as it evolved from, uh, yeah, carrier-based distribution of Java games to, uh, you know, to smartphones uh, nowadays. I, um, I joined uh, Band & Amco uh, six and a half years ago. Uh, in Lyon where they were setting up the the mobile team in in Europe Uh, alongside, of course, mobile teams that were already existing in the U.S. and uh, and the big one in in Tokyo. Uh, I joined as a producer because I wanted to be, you know, that phase of my career where I wanted to be closer again to to making games. Um, And this this is actually a recurring theme because many of the people we have here now are following that, that, that path of really wanting to be more, uh, more hands on after having been more in management positions. Um, yeah, so I joined the team where it was just started and, uh, and, uh, and then after a couple of years, I took over the management of the team and started working on the project of creating a more mobile focused, uh, company, uh, and, uh, and we realized that we need a kind of, a, a, a better location, let's say. Uh, where there was more, more of an ecosystem of mobile gaming companies and where it was a, easier to attract um, international talent as well. So, uh, yeah, so that's why we, we basically we researched a lot and that's why we ended up with, uh, with picking uh, Barcelona. And uh, so we have still the Bandanamco Entertainment Euro Company is in Lyon, focusing on console, and we created Bandanamco Mobile here in Barcelona to focus solely on mobile games. Uh, so we, we set up the company like almost three years ago now, but we opened the office a couple of years, um, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, here we, we started building a development team, uh, which is something we didn't have, uh, in Lyon. And it's actually the only mobile development team, uh, that the group has outside of Japan. Uh, so we started that from scratch, and then we we brought our publishing and marketing teams uh, from from Lyon, and then we expanded on them uh, here. So right now, basically, the company here is split into you know game development, publishing, and marketing teams, and, and my role here is to oversee all of those uh, our product teams. Um, as you might know from uh, you know from our discussions previously, we have a kind of a we have a flat structure here, so uh, I don't manage the teams like. Tradition, the Traditional way, like uh, hands-on. I'm here to uh, act as a servant leader to support the, the teams and provide, of course, the high-level strategy, uh, and then leave the execution down to down to the team. So that's my that's my role here.
0: Yeah, and, and that's and you know one of the key reasons why we're having <clears throat> this conversation is that Indeed. the setup in Barcelona is in many ways unique, but in many ways also familiar, and in all the ways very different that you would consider a Japanese game developer would adopt. I mean, we, you know, we know how Japanese work. They work very hard. So, and I'm not saying you guys don't work hard. I'm yeah, just saying exactly. that they work very long hours. <laughs> Let, let's put it this way. They work very, Thanks very too. long hours. So, so what's really interesting about the Bandai Namco Barcelona uh, is that you guys are trying something very different when it comes to the way you're making the games, not only from the parent company, but also from most of the mobile studios and most of the game developers around the world. According to my knowledge, I know this is probably old news, but you used to have 17 people, you might probably have more now. Uh, as you said, the team is, is split between publishing uh, and game teams, but also the game teams is split into smaller teams working on different types of prototypes. and your goal is not to ship anything small. Of course, Bandai is one of the largest developers and publishers in the world. So your goal is to ship big games that make impact in in Bandai's portfolio. But also, you're not making games with existing IPs, but you're making games with new IPs. So you're also creating IPs. You don't have, according to my information and public information, you don't have deadlines. You don't manage people, like as you said, and we'll talk more about that. Um latest news is that you work only a four-day week. I don't know only is the right word to say, but you've constructed the way that you work a four-day week. And everything that I just said is counter to anything that one would think about a Japanese developer. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, we did a little bit of an analysis and deconstructive fun. And when you read it, and that's why it's really important that we have a conversation. But when you read it, uh, you can sense an unintended signs of culture of complacency because you have the beautiful city of barcelona you have four day week you don't have deadlines you're working on prototypes which is the most fun thing you could be doing when when making games um you know it's uh it's it, it gives a little bit of a different perspective uh, so i'm curious to to hear like wh- how did you end up choosing this type of a model like what led to it
1: yeah, there's a lot to unpack in what, uh, what you covered, yeah. a, lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. a lot of stuff um, and, uh, and, uh, and some corrections to make, actually. So let's let's try and, and, uh, and analyze this. Um, so the why. The why is the most important, right? It's like why, why uh, have we uh, built a company this way? So as I said, you know, we were... Um, we decided to build a, a new company focused on mobile. And that's actually a, a great opportunity to take a step back and consider, you know, what culture we wanted, uh, because changing the culture of a company that exists is super hard when you build a new company, where you're gonna hire a lot of new people, then actually have a, a prime opportunity to, you know, to set the, the right, the right company culture. Yeah. Um, well, basically we analyzed, the, 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 the market and we analyzed, you know, what We need, uh, as you say, you know, as part of a band amco group, we have very successful mobile titles, so we won't be satisfied with like you know average performing uh titles. So we need to, to shoot for them for the top 100. You know, uh, that that would be um, uh, that would be something that you know could fit well in our portfolio and make us proud uh within the group. So for that. Really, uh, we think uh, the focus of innovation—it's—it's uh, uh, it's super important for us. Um, because, uh, uh, and I know you have something to say on the innovation as well, right? But, uh, um, but basically, to create uh, a space uh, for uh, for us in the in the market, we we saw the innovation is really is really important, right? We don't want to make another uh, another. Uh, similar games to the top-grossing uh, ones. That model has been tried and, and failed many times. And, I mean, we have to look at this also in the, in the context of the bigger group approach, uh, where we still do continue to work on certain kind of games based on Japanese IPs uh, or, you know, arcade, anime. So what I want to do here is to expand our group portfolio and try and go for more uh, targeting uh, innovation. Uh, for that, um, you know, we saw that the companies that basically uh, managed to put out different kind of uh, titles uh, out there, like different genre, quite innovative, uh, with different IPs, APs, quite a handful, right? I mean, I know you mentioned uh, uh, in your article uh, references to, to Supercell, but by all means, that's one of our uh, inspirations. Uh, we went to visit their the, their office to chat with them before before setting up the company to understand how they work, uh, the stuff that works, the stuff that doesn't work, the challenges they have. So we're very aware of of uh, of the limits of this as well and and how challenging it is. But basically, the focus on innovation uh, is what led us to uh, understand that to to reach that goal, we need to give more uh, more freedom to the teams, right? Um, and the creating new IPs is, is, is twofold also. One is to complement the other, the IPs that we already have coming from Japan. We want more Western-focused uh, uh, IPs. Uh, and the other one is actually to foster innovation, right? Because innovating based on existing IPs is very challenging because IPs, especially our IPs, come with many, many constraints. Uh, whereas, you know, giving the, the team the freedom to work on new IPs uh, allows them really to explore uh, more. So that's one factor. The other factor is also, yeah, we want to create a a top-level company here. There's a fight for talent going on, clearly. So you have to differentiate yourself not only uh, on the product you put out, but also on the company you build and what you offer to to the talent, right? So uh, we we recognize we need to innovate on the company side as well. Uh, So by being different and coming here in, uh, in Barcelona, where there is already an existing uh, pool of talent, uh, you know, that, that for us was, a, was a good strategy to, to be able to attract the best talent. And again, is the, you know, the, the focus on, uh, on flat, uh, structure led us to having the need to have a small team and a focus on quality versus quantity. This quality versus quantity we have with the selection of product we work on. We don't, we don't work on, uh, tens of products. We really want to focus on, on top uh, grossing titles, a uh, few of them that perform well. Uh, we have it on, on, on people, you know, small teams with very high uh, experience. Uh, and yes, on the four day week as well, uh, you know, I want to focus on, you know, uh, maybe less quality time where we can really concentrate all of work together and perform. Uh, and strike a better balance with uh, you know with, with our life, so we have an extra uh, day uh, off, and we think this can lead to more creativity, more more innovation, happier, healthier uh, uh, teams, uh, and why not? It's also a way to, to differentiate ourselves, you know, and uh, and attract even uh, even better talent. Um, So that's the why. In terms of the, the the team that you mentioned, we uh, yeah we we have 17 people in the game development team. As a whole, as a company, we're 38 now. Uh, we are uh, growing slowly. Again, we focusing on on quality more than more than speed. Uh, we target for now uh, a maximum size of like 70 people because we want to maintain that kind of flat structure, which we know we've seen companies. You know, fail and have big issues when they grow and they go like oh, 200 people, yeah, infrastructure, not manageable, right? You need to put layers and layers and you put people there. They need to manage other people and that kind of messes up the whole, the whole infrastructure uh, uh, culture. So we really fight to keep it this, um, to keep this more. Um, we don't have the lines you mentioned. Well, well. Yeah, we don't have, like, uh, schedules, week-by-week week schedules um, because I believe that deadlines are only uh, meaningful where they are logical, right? Where there is a logic behind it, then then it's meaningful. But that doesn't mean we have, like, no pressure on the teams or no deadlines at all to uh, to do anything and, yeah, just take your time, enjoy life uh, on the beach, as you say. You know, as not the point. I want people here and understand that they – here have the best chance of their life to you know make games make you know the best games they can possibly make because we we give them all the opportunities for that so i f- i feel everyone is very conscious of the of the big opportunity and that you know this is not going to last forever if there's no no results so the pressure is there uh, and and you know in fact you know from the article that, that you put out you know we said that we were working on on four prototypes. Well, that ju- just become three because one was killed uh, uh, this week uh, because of the, the pressure having to, you know, really believe in what you're doing and that you can bring this out to market in a timely uh, manner. Uh, so we don't have deadlines from the top by the studio. We know we need to achieve, uh, you know, we need to release something uh, next year, let's say, you know, and uh, and uh, we need to start showing showing progress and showing, showing results.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's well, there's a lot to unpack. What you said as well. So it seems to be <laughs> yeah. the the focus is on on freedom, uh, because when you build the right type of a culture, when you focus on innovation, uh, that means you need to build a culture with with freedom, because it allows people to explore. You have said freedom also in the sense that you don't have existing IPs you're working on like token battle or anything like that, because you have a freedom to explore rather than iterate on an IP. So that, that's another element of, of the freedom. And then of course the uh, the flat culture and the flat flat structure, not flat culture, flat structure is an element of freedom as well, because you don't have those managerial relationships. You don't have to deal with the one-on-ones and development plans. It's like, you're here to make games. You're not here to uh, move forward in your career path if you will exactly your career is the games you ship which is you know everybody should understand that that's the most important part and and yeah and the final part is like i understood that those elements and just like as i wrote in the analysis is is it definitely is a game developer's dream because all these elements sound perfect for somebody who makes games but i tried to look at from the other perspective as well like yeah as a game maker paradise you got the barcelona you got, you know, the, uh, the the backing of a very, very strong publisher developer. Uh, you have great people around you because you have the resources, you have the culture, you have the pool of the talent, not only due to the location, but also due to your funding uh, that allows, you know, people to take a risk and move to a different country in a different city. Uh, so you're working with great people around you. But then again, like the four hour week sounds perfect for me. But from a manager's perspective, from executive perspective, I think you're the person who feels the pressure to deliver uh, and you're kind of withholding to some extent that pressure from the teams so that they can focus on the creativity so they can focus on innovation. And you're kind of, you're kind of the, the the person at the studio who's carrying the, the pressure of actually delivering because we Bandai has had previously studios in Vancouver as well. We know everything like we know, we know the background and it's not only Bandai, it's any company. If you can't deliver on what you said you will deliver, the lights will be turned off no matter where you are uh, no matter what the backing is. That's just the reality of life. So I I understand your perspective as well. So I wanted to kind of like ask first of what are the successes as you switch to this model? Like, have you seen the success case in seeing more innovative uh, approach, uh, seeing better pull of talent? Like what are, what are the uh, other pros of this approach?
1: So the, the, the pros are definitely that we have seen a lot of, uh, interest and a lot of talent coming here, believing in, uh, you know, in what we want to do, like how we want to do it. Uh, and that, uh, we managed to attract people with a lot of experience. They really wanted to escape this, this trap of being stuck in the managerial role, uh, and just want to make games because that's, that's what they, they love to do. So, uh put a lot of effort uh in in hiring the right people and i'm really happy to see the people that we have we have here um i'm happy also to see that the the uh, you know the culture is absorbed and they leave they leave the culture and they they help evolve it also because clearly as a new company uh one thing is to have the culture on paper one thing is to leave it and and discover day by day what challenges are there because it's not all uh uh, you know, uh, work in the park, clearly, you know, the, the flat structure has its challenges as well. How do you make decisions? You know, for example, uh, the big one, um, but, uh, I'm really happy of, of the of the team we've managed to, to, uh, to build here and, uh, and the fact that they are they're all happy and motivated, you know, they're not, uh, frustrated by the, by the, by the situation we're really motivated. Um. Then that said, we, as a company here in Barcelona, we, we have, we work on several different things, not only creating new, uh, innovative games with new IPs, we have a publishing team as well. That works on, uh, ex- our existing IPs, uh, partnering with external studios. Um, and we have, we're working on, uh, you know, uh, on two, uh, top 50 Apple arcade games. Uh, working on working developing on more games uh, more games in the pipeline so that's our way also to differentiate uh, the business and uh, on the marketing side they don't only work on uh on the games published by publishing team they will work on games uh made by the game team as well in the future but right now they're also working on games coming from japan you know on top grossing uh, games we're building a uh an super experienced team here and actually, we've seen great results with them working on uh, on those games, and we've seen year-on-year year growth on on all the projects that we work on from from Japan. So, we are already having an impact on the on the group here, being able to attract these, uh, you know, these Western talent in prime location with this structure. Uh, and in fact, despite planning to uh, uh, to build a company, we're going to invest you know a lot of money in the first uh five six years losing money because we need to build a company we actually managed to be profitable from from day one uh thanks to the differentiation of the of the uh of the project that we work on uh so for me that's also a big uh uh, a big success Uh, and this also allows us to um uh you know share more with uh, with everyone with all the with all the employees and and give them the promise of you know when, if, when we can do even better, you'll you'll you know, you'll enjoy even more uh, yeah. uh, the success of uh, the success of the company. No big failures yet, to be to be honest, uh, big big, but lots of lots of failures like on a daily basis. Lots of yeah. issues that we, we encounter, and but of course we take this as a uh, as a learning. You know, and uh, when it comes to uh, to games, to processes, uh, how to, to work. As a flat structure team, people, and and
0: so on. Yeah, I mean, Massimo, that's a veteran move that you are doing there. You are putting your studio on the green right away, so that you can continue investing into uh, into new. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's a whole different approach. And so we know how it works on the executive levels. When studio is on the red, it can't be on the red for too long, otherwise it, it's uh, it's going to face the axe. But now uh, that's a that's a very important um, sort of a thing that you've done by by bringing in the publishing. As well as new game development under the same roof, and uh, I and mean, because your team size is relatively small, it's probably quite simple to keep it on the green uh, until you start scaling actually the games and, and the marketing budgets kicks in. So, so yeah, better move. Kudos on that. <laughs> so, so okay, and <laughs> and um and yeah, okay. So you switch this model. It has been great in bringing in people. It has been great in keeping people happy. It has been, uh, you know, working. As intended and you haven't seen any uh, negative parts of it that leads to my question is like how do you hire to make sure that you hire the right type of people meaning people who are probably hungry uh, because you're looking for senior people and and the risk with senior people is that they're not always hungry they've kind of Mm -hmm. been there done that they're more in like, I could be a great mentor for somebody. Uh, I could do a hell of a talk. I could, you know, enjoy my time at the studio and teach the young guns, but doing myself stuff, you know, I could dabble a little bit, but I'd rather have a team. And then the second part is, how do you make sure that you hire humble people? Because um, what I mean by humble is is not meek, but but people who have done things, they are senior, they're veterans, they've seen it, they've done it, they have success in their in their life. How do you make them work? with others because they might come in and say, this is how I do things. I'm very passionate. I'm very, uh, you know, goal driven, aggressive in a good sense, but I also might be bulldozing others because this is the way that I do things and it has worked in my career and thus, you know, I'm working. So just, just thinking about like, how do you, how do you really hire? I don't know if you hire hungry and humble people, but those are kind of like the, uh, the, the, the characteristics that I would be looking for uh, when, when, uh, when searching for the type of profile that, that I was reading,
1: yeah. Now we have we have we have put together like a list of uh, um, things that are important for us when we hire people. to make sure the whole uh, interviewing uh, panel is is aligned with this, and uh, we you know we have the, the candidates go through several interviews with basically different disciplines, and the whole uh, the whole uh, team is involved in the in the hiring process. Uh, and we tackle different aspects in each interview. Uh, but basically, yeah, definitely. We, you know, we are looking for senior people, professional, highly experienced. Uh, and that's for us is a must because we want to keep small teams, but the small teams still need to compete on the global market with, uh, teams of hundred people. Right? So, um, so they need to be super, super uh, experienced But uh, correctly. You say they need to be like hands on They, they one need to want to be hands on. Uh, so it's definitely not for everyone. We know uh, we've seen many people that just don't fit the, the culture, you know, uh, if you are kind of arrived, you want to s- find a comfortable place. That's not the place for you. Uh, if you're not humble, uh, you know, that's, you know, with a big ego, it's probably not going to work out. Uh, so it's, we know it's not for everyone and then um, we do our best to, you know, filter through the interview process. The, the, the things are important for us. Another good point is that they need to be, uh, you know, autonomous, proactive uh, people that can, uh, you know, manage their workload, uh, manage themselves because we, we have no managers uh, there. So uh, it's important they're autonomous and proactive. Uh, humble is important. You have to accept the failures and to be part as a, as a team. So they need to be collaborative, and they need to be candid as well. Uh, you know, in sharing their sharing their feedback. Uh, the only way to to achieve big things is to work in a team and to improve day by day. So we encourage everyone to share. You know, candid feedback. Uh, we took inspiration from Superstar. We took inspiration also a bit from some parts of Netflix culture. When it comes to you know candid feedback uh minimizing rules uh is super important as you correctly say you know uh, i act a bit as a, as a filter not only to to filter the pressure but also to filter all, all, out all of the uh bureaucracy and uh, the you know yeah some processes that you know has been a japanese companies we we do have right but we do uh uh with all the services team, you know, me, uh, the COO as well. We do a lot of work to try and minimize the, the impact on the team so they can spend their time where, where it's most important, uh, you know, on, on thinking about making games, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the kind of the kind of people who look for sounds very
0: familiar. Um, you know, I've, I've... The feedback loop especially is really important and for for those who are not familiar with the netflix feedback loop it's it's really like a four-part thing where you start off with the feedback that is always given with an aim to assist somebody so it comes from a good place it's always actionable so you're providing direct something that people can take uh you know take take into the next level and, and not something vague and not something personal Uh, The third part is always important that that feedback is appreciated because the goal is to give feedback up, not feedback down or feedback to the peers. So you have to thank for the feedback first uh, so that you can keep the, uh, the loop going. And the final part, which is important in autonomous organization, is that the person who receives the feedback can either accept it or reject it. So it's up to them because they own their own work and they stand behind their own work and they can't hide behind somebody else say like he or she told me to do this and that's why i did it but i didn't even agree with that so um yeah that's a, that's an interesting part how do you how, i'm very curious how do you test for humility uh because i find it as one of the most important uh, uh most important sort of a characteristics of a, of a candidate and also something that is very difficult to test for um and especially, you know, spot for during the uh, the probation period as well. Like it's a, it's incredibly important and very hard to test for. So how do you do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there is no official test for that, to be honest. No. Um, uh, we look out for, for that throughout the interviews and we have very different profiles carrying out the interviews. I also interview everyone um, and I you know, I try and, and dig in that uh, in that culture uh, area, um a lot more than you know like uh, technical areas of course. Um and then we observe this during during uh, during probation as you say. Um and you know, we can make mistakes. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So it happens. It happens, but um yeah, unfortunately, fortunately I I don't have any secret tips to, to share uh on this point. Uh, other than uh, you know, talk with the, with the people and uh, try and get a try and get a feel for that. Ask about how they handle certain situations, certain failures. You know, yeah. But you can only test you after certain point, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like m- the what I've been, you know, kind of discussing with with the, with people who interview and interviewing myself is when you're testing for humbleness. Like one of the Easiest way to approach it is to see how much the person uses we versus I. That's a, that's a quite typical thing when talking about failures, when talking about successes, when talking about you know you can ask them how have they handled certain failure, so you can see whether they kind of went back and redid something or where they just kind of like pushed through it and kind of gritted out and did the same things again. Uh, and also uh, for for those who are interviewing, it's it's sometimes useful to ask the candidate in a third person perspective of like, hey, what would, um, how would your you know, previous team um, characterize you? Or how, how would they say about you? So that they can kind of reflect on themselves. And, and you can see people with, with humility that, that, um, that are putting elements of development. But also the difficult part about humility is you don't wanna hire people who are meek, who are too humble. Because they are the ones who don't give feedback, who always consider themselves inferior to the rest of the team, and then they will just fail because they don't have the self confidence of, of push through it. So it's it's a really hard thing where you kind of have to balance in between of like person who is who is you know autonomous, uh, confident, and and, and uh, you know a driver, but at the same time the person who doesn't drive over others but is actually a team player. So it's a, it's a that's why I am asking how, uh, humility is a uh, is, uh, is a very important factor.
1: Totally, totally. I mean, I, I don't buy that uh, we versus I think completely because, yeah, when, when someone answers me always, oh, we did this, we did that. Yeah, okay, but what did you do? You know, yeah. how did you impact that? You know, I, I really want to see what that person can bring and I want the person to be, uh, you know, conscious of, you know, the, the value that they bring and kind of sell it <laughs> sell it to me. And I want to understand how they're going to impact positively the uh, the team how they would do things right because i'm not gonna hire the whole team i'm gonna you know yeah, hire of that person so of course uh but yeah it's like uh it's it's very difficult i agree
0: yeah it's it's a balance yeah and then those are those are good questions to kind of dig deeper it's like exactly like so if somebody is trying to be too humble you're like so what did you do like what was your role what was your direct impact and then if, and and you're kind of getting them to answer you know in a, in a real way and, um, and another part is, is probably because you are offering such a great culture, such a great location, probably great pay. And then, then overall, Barcelona is beautiful location, but it's not as an expensive location as many other European cities. So you have a tax benefit, you have a salary that is comparable to most of the game development cities or game development clusters. And uh, you're living at a slightly lower cost region. Um, it's, uh, it's a, you know, a triple threat if you will. So it's no, no wonder that, that he chose, chose that location over others, but there are plenty of other companies as well. So you have to actually compete pretty hard against, against them. I wanted to ask regarding that the, uh, the hungerness. So you have this great location. How do you test then for a person who is actually, you know, coming in to work and not coming in to, uh, to cruise or, or to kind of like get to the, uh, the, uh, the vacation life of Barcelona. Uh, how do you how do you filter those out? Because when I read about your studio, it sounds amazing. I'm gonna work four weeks, then I'm gonna have some some sangria, some pinchos, uh, and, and, uh, and enjoy enjoy the uh, the life of, uh, of of Barcelona. So how how do you test against the uh, the hunger?
1: And you haven't even seen the office yet because we have an office. Oh, I saw I saw, the, I saw by, some pictures by is the it, beach. Okay,
0: is it by the W Hotel?
1: Uh, no, no, it's a uh we can see the blue dell we can see the we, we can see everything but no, it's uh those those two towers uh the mapfre tower by the olympic port so a bit further down, oh. uh, down the coast other side of barcelona yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's
0: so nice. it's, it's, it's right by the beach
1: <laughs> yeah. um so how do we test for for hungerness yeah that's part of the the motivation uh, the motivation, uh, test, which I actually, uh, dig a lot, uh, into. So I want to understand why they're interested about, you know, coming to work for us. What is their ambition? What they actually want to do, you know, um, if they come from a management, uh, uh role, you know, uh, why they want to change, how do they, how do they manage, you know, what is their management style? Because that tells me a lot of how they're going to relate with the, with the team, um, uh, yeah but basically basically is understanding what they really want to do because I, I I'm clear with them you know this is a two-way deal so uh, we we want you to be here and be productive and, and happy but you need to be happy right doing mm-hmm. what you want to do you know so we need to be transparent on what is that that person really wants to do in their in their life what is their next step they've been, uh, you know, director of these, uh, or, or that, you know, now you want to be hands on, why convince me, you know, like yeah. tell me, and, and you can normally, uh, tell if people are, are driven by, by a passion, you know, what's missing in their life, what's pushing them to go from maybe a comfortable, uh, you know, management position where they need to pass stuff, pass messages along and that's it. And I want to go back into the, the game you know um yeah these are these basically the the ambition for me is what uh, what's the driver to understand if they have that hunger of of doing something accomplishing something uh or not
0: yeah that's a that's a that's a good part uh and especially uh, it's, it's very clear to ask for because you have a very clear profile you're looking for people who have extended experience in career and they're kind of taking not a step back but a step to the uh Parallel, where they're focusing again on being individual contributors instead of a lead. Um, I don't know if you tried this, but one of the things that that I like to uh, ask regarding the uh, the hunger is because uh, hunger is is like work ethic essentially, and work ethic is something that defines you. People rarely become hard workers <laughs> later on in their in their life. They're either hard workers throughout their life or they're not. Like that's that's how it tends to be. So sometimes it's good to ask like what kind of jobs they had as a teenager because people who work hard when they were teens tend to work throughout their life. Uh, at least, uh, that's, that's, uh, in, in my experience. So I don't know. Uh, but, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, do, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Cause you're kind of thinking,
1: um, yeah, I, uh, mixed, mixed thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, everyone has gone there has got their, their, their personality, uh, and that doesn't change at the same time. Um, what you do motivates you, uh, to work as well, right? So yeah. someone that's good at doing something might not necessarily be as hard working doing something else, right? So of course. that's why for me, it's important to understand the motivation that, that drives them here, because if the motivation is not aligned, then I cannot expect, you know, excellent performance from, uh, from these people. And then on top of that, you know, again, we're not we're not in a in a factory having to push the productivity to the maximum. Yeah. We really want the engagement more than anything. We want people to put their their you know their whole uh, mind and dedication into um, into it. Um, so yeah, hard worker in the sense, very dedicated and, and engagement. But you know, I I don't need to have people that are really like uh, you know working through the night. Uh, you know, that's not the kind of Profile that we, um, the kind of quality that we that mm-hmm. we need here. We are we are prioritizing more the the quality and the input they can they can bring uh, over the hardworking kind of long yeah. hours well, profile. But
0: well, you know, th- there's what I meant was is even let's say somebody's a teenager. Let's say they didn't have a job, but they did a sport. Let's say they played football. And, you know, uh, a person with a great work ethic is if they practice, you know, themselves, if they put in different skills, they're like, I need to work on my passing. I need to work on my kicking. And, and they're improving and they're, you know, getting their spot. And they, they love it, of course. Nobody's forcing them to do it, but they love it. They want to become better. And they're, they're passionate. They're playing a team sport as well. So I, I tend to ask these type of questions. Like, you know, what did they work for to achieve something when they were a teenager so instead ah, of I just went to school and just kinda did the minimum. <laughs> then then things can change. But it's a good indication that whether it was a sport or whether it was arts or whether it was programming when you were a kid, you know, somebody just taught themselves how to program, whether they learned how to draw, whether they learned how to I don't know, act. Yeah, what Those what challenges
1: did you did you pick up when you were young? Exactly, you know, exactly or, or throughout I, your life, you know, what challenges you, you... Yeah, yeah, and
0: worked um, yourself without anybody telling you, but you were motivated to achieve that, and that has been what characterizes you as a as a as a young kid already, or a, you know, a teenager. To me, that's a that's a strong sign that that the person has a work ethic. Of course, given that they have the motivation to to do the uh, to do the stuff. So, anyway, just just something. I cool, love interviewing. Cool, uh, Interesting. So, so, uh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, I've done uh, quite a few interviews, so, uh, so I've come up with uh, all kinds of uh, tests. I don't know if those are right. That's why I'm kind of throwing them. And I like that you're pushing back, and and and, and, uh, and it makes me reflect as well whether those are good questions or not. Um, you mentioned Supercell in the beginning, that you went to their wooden palace that is actually not far from from here. Uh, you sat down with the teams, kind of discussed, and I know that you have some ex-Supercell people working uh, at Bandai Namco uh, Mobile. What... What uh? What were the sort of a key learnings that that you got from them? Because Supercell has evolved quite a bit. Like even if you read through the uh, the CEO's blog posts, there's a lot of self reflection of what went wrong, what went right, how do we keep what was right and evolve to to uh, you know to compete in this sort of a new era of mobile.
1: Um. Well. Th- Visiting them and, and, and discussing with, you know, people that have worked there, um, Indeed, we, when we did this exercise initially, um, was like, yeah, three, four years ago. So definitely the, the super of, uh, of, uh, back then, um, uh, which as you rightly say has evolved, uh, because they are facing challenges. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, the, the team is expanding there and, you know, the culture evolves uh, uh, normally. So, I mean, I don't want to speak for, for Supercell. It's, you want to <laughs> chat with them about their, their own uh, challenges, but um, we did learn that it's, you know, uh, it's not all a walk in the park. It's not all easy. They were very honest in sharing their you know their challenges uh, whether it comes to hiring or 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 making decisions or or, you know making up teams so it's really really uh, uh it's really hard uh to to have this class structure right especially from a management perspective uh because yeah we have we do have the the pressure right so so at some point you need to kind of direct and, 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 you can't, it's difficult to just take a step back and just look and hope for it to work out. You know, you can't do that. So, um, but at the same time, we saw that, uh, that the results, you know, are there because it's, it's the one of the few, if not the only company that has managed to, you know, to achieve success over and over again with different kinds of games and, and different IPs. Um, so we're very aware of the challenges they had back then, very aware of the challenges they have now. Um, and this is gonna definitely inform our, our future, the steps we, we take and we try to, uh, to avoid uh, those many, <clears throat> uh, many of the issues I think are, are coming from the pressure on doing better and better and better and more and more. And when you have done so much, you know it's difficult to top, uh, to top yourself. And, and surely growing in size is a is a big challenge eh? because you, you start to having to making compromise, you know, you might have to, you know, like lower the bar of the people you hire. Perhaps if you want to have bigger teams, you know, it's normal, uh, put more layers in there. Um, so I feel a bit they're facing challenges that other companies have, have uh, faced, you know, in, in the growing. I think a lot comes from. From that, uh, it's also true that uh, the kind of live ops level that there is needed and expected nowadays is different. So you do need bigger teams. Um, our approach would be to try really and, and focus on, you know, developing games that can be developed in a smart way and that can be handled with without huge, uh, huge teams, uh, and still, uh, you know, keep uh, keep the core team you know here cohesive and be smart in how we outsource more maybe some kind of content creation. I mean, there's a lot of uh, lot of discussions in the in the studio in you know how we're gonna avoid those pitfalls because as you know, we have people that have lived through that as well. So uh, yeah so lot. have
0: you have you talked to Supercell since? Uh, the the sort of a kickoff like three years ago have you been able to to get some you know some powwow with them because yeah, yeah, one man. of the things that you could read uh, you know and if you talk to super salience is like they've almost divided the the jobs, which makes sense. there's live games and there's new games and these are anybody who's worked in development understands that these are totally two different jobs. they you know you might have similar roles, but the content of that that role is, is different no matter where you are whether you're an art director or a new game or an art director on a, on a on an existing game you know one is production heavy big scale uh, outsourcing and the other one is probably hands-on with great visual development skills like the uh, absolutely different types of uh, art directors. same goes for literally every other discipline whether we're talking about a technical director or um or a game designer or or a game director so. That seems what they have done is kind of like divide them, so they keep the old ways of making new games, and then the uh, the live games are more mature way of operating. Of course, not the two hundred people teams, but you know, larger. And the, uh, the the I wouldn't say that lower the bar of a, of a quality, but just bring different types of people. Like use not everybody has to be the badass individual contributor. Now you actually need pieces of the machine that's that's sadly it you have to have specialists so that's the way uh that's the way I kind of kind of see it but um uh, but yeah have you have you been discussing with them
1: yeah we have we have, we have several contacts uh, there we've been discussing on various uh on various aspects of the of the challenges that they have uh as like I said we have yeah we have people that have lived through it that you know uh, can help us understand the, the challenges and prepare for those for those. Uh, but also the reality is that we are in a very, uh, early stage of the, of the company. So we started building the studio two years ago with the first employee. Uh, now we have, uh, 17 members in the development team. Um, so we are, uh, we're facing the, uh, yeah, the, the challenges of a, of a, of a startup, uh, basically, uh, trying to, um, uh, you know, define. Uh, the way we uh, we work and discovering every step of the way, the moment we we know we we go like okay, let's take the next step with uh, with this game idea, you know, suddenly more more challenges uh, uh, appear. So we're very aware of the challenges further down the line. Uh, By the same time, we're we're very much focused. The team is very much focused in the challenges we uh, we face today, uh, which is indeed you know we've got to find the innovation. We've got to uh, push. Out to the market and start uh, start getting things out there, being very aware that you know many more failures uh, await us uh, in the coming uh, in the coming uh, uh, months and years uh, until we're gonna have a success that we can be happy with.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's uh, that's a profound way. Um, I wanted to ask you regarding also regarding Supercell. Um, you know, there's the PR of Supercell, and then there's you know the the real Supercell. So, the real Supercell is uh, is a high stress environment. Uh, it's uh it's a it's a incredibly well functioning beast of an organization that is able to complete you know profound games with small teams, and that is not due to you know lack of work ethic and special and you know and and um, and you know talent. So, how do you approach this this sort of a uh, um, you know balance between pressure and um what's the opposite of a pressure i don't know um i don't know what's the <laughs> we we would be living in high pressure life and we don't even know what's the uh, what's the what's the other side say yeah, the balance. more balanced yeah.
1: lifestyle yeah
0: yeah because because um, the, the part that the supercell's pressure i feel comes from is the peer to peer pressure uh, you you've stacked the team so well that everybody and it's so skeleton in the sense that that you don't have to have that top manager kicking everybody's chair and demanding you know <laughs> demanding their best output it's it's you it's even worse it's the peers that are demanding the best out of you and they're the ones that give you the feedback and they're the ones that are that are watching if you're slipping or not uh, if you deserve your spot under the uh the golden sun of supercell so that that's how it functions. That's how it functions in many top organizations. Whether we're talking about, um, F's, you know, the Barcelona football club, or whether we're talking about a top-notch hedge fund, uh, that you know, the peer pressure is what drives them rather than than the, uh, the the manager. So what? How do how do you kind of like balance balance the balance well, and the pressure?
1: So the pressure, I think, is needed. Right, the peer-to-peer pressure is needed. As I say, it's what. Um, uh, drives forward the, the, the business really, um, if you in a flat structure, uh, where you don't have the, this excessive pressure coming from, from the top, you have to have it anyway, otherwise, you know, yeah, nothing is gonna move. So we, uh, we do have the mindset of having to work like a, uh, you know, like a team. Like a sports team, to be honest, we, we have to ensure that the best players are are there. And if someone is not, uh, you know, is not playing their best, you know, can try and fix it. Of course we try and fix it, but if it's not working out, it's not working out, you know? Uh, so I think that that pressure is pretty much needed. So we, we do encourage that you're responsible, you know, to your team, to your peers. Uh freedom and responsibility that something that we're gonna, is going to ring a bell as well. But, you know, you get the freedom, but you need to show your, your, you deserve it and you know how to, to use that freedom. Um, so, yes, that can lead to a high-stress environment. Um, we uh, try and counter that with, you know, initiatives such as the four-day-week trial uh, that we're running now. It's a trial. We're running for... For six months, you know, where we try and give, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, life balance to everyone, uh, still ensuring that they can, you know, con- concentrate in those four days or, uh, you know, their, their best work, uh, but have more time to also have more balanced lifestyle. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, there is no, there's no, uh, way we're gonna be successful if we don't have that kind of, of pressure. People don't feel like. Every minute they spend here, they need to give their total best, right? Otherwise, otherwise yes, becomes a, a culture of complacency, and and you know, we're never gonna achieve our ambitious targets, right? So, um, we have that, and then we we try and balance it with uh, with other other things.
0: So I'm curious, how come you don't communicate this in in the uh, in the employment branding uh, that that it is an environment with clear expectations. And, and, you know, we hire top-notch people for top-notch results. Uh, It's, I'm not, Supercell kind of does the same. They, they don't communicate it. They do communicate it in the interview process. Uh, There, once you kick it off, they'd be like, they're very clear of, this is not a, this is not a vacation spot. Like this is 100% all the time. So yeah. How, how do you communicate that?
1: It's, it's, it's pretty much the same so i mean we are very very clear every step of the way uh and i'm personally very very clear this is not for everyone uh you know this is a you need to come here if you are fully committed to you know giving your 100 percent uh in taking the opportunity and make the best game or or you know but not only the game you know this goes for the marketing team for other things as well but like give your your, your full self, uh, to this and be prepared because it's, it's tough and it's not for everyone. And if we, uh, uh, if we are clear with that and people are are happy to take the challenge, uh, you know, that's, that's the way to go forward, but we are very, very clear throughout the interview process. Uh, we might not, uh, you say advertise it too much in the. In the job uh, ads, let's say, I think, of course, you know, uh, recruitment is a uh, is a whole uh, specific uh, skill with a funnel where you want to uh, hook people first and then get them to the process and give the right information at the right time. So that's that's another. But we are very clear. Yeah,
0: I understand it because it, also the fact that if you put in too much of these elements up front with your uh, employer branding. You will be getting only a certain type of candidates uh probably more men uh probably more competitive uh because others will will even though they fit the role perfectly and they would work in excellent way in your company they would just feel more intimidated to even apply so i understand that the the reasoning for both you as well as supercell to to keep uh you know the 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 facts only to once the process has been kicked off so it's never a surprise But um, but for those who don't know, it might be a surprise in the beginning when they tell you how it really is. Um, So I wanted to kind of like before I let you go I wanted to ask, how does the uh, band as a whole like, how do they see this organization because you function in a very different way. So I'm curious, like, how were you able to sell it to them? I mean, uh, you could say that Supercell is is making a ton of money. So we're going to do what they do. So that's a good reference. Uh, but also there's only one supercell and I know space ape has been, uh, working on this model and they have their first piece of success, but, but uh, it's not like, you know, it's been a, it's been a joy ride for them. It's, it's taken them a long time to, to find their stride.
1: Um, this is basically the selling piece, huh, That you just said, <laughs> there's, a, there's a proven model of that that works, but guys, you know, be aware that this is not a, an easy ride. It's not just, Oh, let's just do that. And it's going to happen. It's gonna to be tough. We need to be in for the for the long ride. You know, it's gonna take time to, to invest, to, to build this company, build the culture, build a team, fail many times until we have the success. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, the good thing about uh, Band & Amco as a group uh, is actually they're, you know, the group is very happy to, to experiment, to try new things. Uh, imagine that in the group, there's like 60 different companies and each company is you know effectively is part of a group but effectively operates uh, independently so uh this shows that, that they are not uh the group is not afraid to you know try new uh, new things and uh latest announcements of the company wanted to invest in metaverse and you know it's like the the, the culture in amco is, is very open to um try uh, experiment uh this mixed with, of course, we you know in the years before we came up with the proposal, uh, we worked a lot on building trust. We showed uh, that we could achieve a lot with a little. We had a, we had a small team in uh, in France, but we still were uh, were you know showing good results. And so we build the trust, which of course helps, in, especially in the uh, in Japanese culture. Uh, there's a lot of personal trust building needed uh, so um, yeah that's that's basically how we we uh i say we but really is is our ceo uh, is the one that's done all the job um to you know to convince and and, and uh the the group as a whole um, and they have full trust and they raised uh, you know reiterate their the trust in what we're doing uh on every occasion so, so this has been great, uh, other, other studios, as I said, we, we, we are the only mobile, uh, development studio outside of Japan and Japan, as I said, is very different culturally. So this would be quite difficult to do in Japan. So we don't have like direct, uh, uh, sister companies that, uh, that, uh, compare, uh, to us, um, but, oh, many of the other, uh, development uh, teams uh and companies uh in the group they share with us they are very interested in following you know how it's going for us you know what learnings we can we can share with them um both for the uh, company culture as a whole but also with uh, individual initiatives like the uh, for the week that we trial that we're running you know everyone reached us say okay share with us please you know how it's going you know what, what you found out the learnings uh So we can see if it could work for us or or not.
0: All right. Well, then final one. What's your advice for for studios that are looking to test this type of a model? Uh, Where should they start? What should they watch out for? Um, how, How they should how they should try it or should they not even try it? If if let's say you have a studio that is functioning a certain way, is it even possible to pivot because you have certain type of people already like it would require a a massive restructuring and do you even have the talent to to attempt this type of an organization? Uh, what's, what's your take on that?
1: Well, I think every company is different, right? And and depends on the people that they they have the size, but, uh, I think it's very, very challenging to change a company culture once, once you have the company established, you know? So, uh, that's why we did it when we were creating a new company, uh, then again, if it's like a, a small enough company where people can be, you know, can get on, on board with the idea, they're quite aligned already. Maybe it's possible, but this is uh, only only they will know. Uh, for sure, uh, I think that um, from my perspective, it's something that something they need to take into consideration is that it's hard, it's super hard. It's a lot harder than uh, uh, than it sounds, to be honest, right? Because um making this flat structure work it's hard but and it takes time it takes time right because you need to have you know it's not your normal way of working and everyone if you start from scratch everyone that's gonna try and do it will not have done it before so there's a lot of learnings that that you need to do as a team and that takes time takes time there's no shortcut for that you can talk to as many people and companies that have done it but you know um, still gonna take time. So you need to, for a try, you need to be ready to, for the long haul, you know, ready to put the time in and you must have the means to do it as well, you know? And that's not for every company. We can do it because we have, uh, the, the backing and, uh, the setup where we, we can do it. Um, but if you can do it, you know, I think. You should do it because what I found so far in these, uh, in these past two years uh, is that's fantastic to you know you, you get to work with uh, super talented people they're 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 happy to to be here uh, and put their very best to to build something that uh, that they're passionate about uh, uh, and that's really rewarding you know it's rewarding for for them it's rewarding for for me as well um, so uh, and I'm convinced now more than ever that this is the 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 better and healthier way to work uh, you know hopefully i mean soon we'll be able to show with results that, that i'm right uh, uh, but it again it's gonna take uh it takes time so it's gonna take a bit more time
0: yeah well, well i get it so in, in this type of uh, if i could summarize it in this type of approach it's less about the processes that you set up so less about the uh the you know the management that you have it's more about the culture that you build uh, and the people that you hire and that's why it's so difficult because uh, building a culture is it's, it's it's never done it's something that you have to be constantly doing constantly improving constantly investing into and there are many advices to do that but not one right way and you can fail in multiple mm-hmm. different ways uh in the in, in that is you know will we'll come in a surprise one single hire will can can you know severely hurt you so there's a or one single person who stayed for too long one one single not firing somebody can hurt you significantly so so there's a, there's a lot of a, everything everything is everything and that's why it's so hard because you don't even know exactly what
1: and it's evolving i mean the, totally you're right the, the the culture is the the core and building it and every every company has to build their own culture right you can mm-hmm. take inspiration yes. by the end you are you're going to develop your own. Culture, which is a job which is never done, uh, and uh, hiring is were important because the, the people make the culture, right? As well as you say, so yeah. it's a constant work of uh, working on the culture, trying to uh, to keep it on the right uh, on the right uh, track, uh, making the right hires. Processes we started, as I said, you know, we try and put the least amount of processes, but of course processes uh, uh, are needed at some point, and they will surface. You know, you will surface the challenges and you need to kind of start building, uh, the, some processes that can help you, uh, you know, move along and move, uh, faster, but it's everything you need to start building from scratch basically.
0: So yeah. It's all yeah. Work. So, and, and exactly. So it's all co- encompassing and that is, that was that's what makes it so difficult. You can't just change a process when something is not working and be like, okay, now let's try this. Now it's better. So get it. Um, all right. Uh, Massimo what kind of people are you looking for, for Bandai Namco mobile? For, for those who are listening, they got through this, they're fired up, they're already. They they they're, <laughs> they're hungry, they, should they're not humble, ready. they want to do it. <laughs> but, uh, but what kind of a, what kind of a skill set? So they know already what kind of a what, what is the character of a person that would fit in your organization. But what is the skill set that, that you're looking for?
1: Well, we are, um, you know, we are hiring, uh, different profiles, uh, in the game team or looking for, uh, some profiles in the marketing team as well. So, uh, I would say, um, check out our, our, uh, website or, or LinkedIn profile to be up to date with, uh, you know, the profiles that we need, because we are, our approach is to slowly, uh, build up the team. Uh, so we're not gonna push out like, uh, 50 job uh, specs at one time. Um, you know, we're gonna go slowly and surely looking at the, the profiles that we, that we need. So, uh, right now we're looking for, um, uh, looking for creative designers. Uh, uh we're looking for, uh, artists, developers, all, uh, um, different kind of uh, profiles and. If you don't see something that's right for you, but you think you're right for us, you know, get in touch, uh, with us, uh, because we're also happy to, um, uh, to review, uh, you know, answer the applications for, for the right people as happened in the past. And, uh, you know, we can make, uh, uh, space for the, for the right people.
0: All right. Well, there's a link in description of this podcast, so just click on that and you'll see. All the uh, current open positions. Whenever you're listening to this, and um, and if you fit the profile of the type of people they're looking for, definitely something you should apply. Barcelona is an amazing city. Van Namco is a fantastic company, and it seems like you have a an excellent setup for game makers to realize their dreams and make the type of games that they can be very proud of. So. On that note massimo thank you for for joining the, the podcast and kind of explaining through uh the uh, the analysis and and correcting or just you know adding more context to the analysis that was made on the structure of fun I uh, always appreciate when 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 people come in and and kind of dive deeper uh into and and give their own perspective that is the correct perspective because we only operate on on what has been said and analyze the words and and what we see and what we hear so so thank you massimo for that
1: Thank you so much, Misha, for for, um, uh, having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. All
0: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and catch the next episode. And remember to uh, apply to Bandai if you're looking for next challenges.